Right field, Tarasco going back to the track, to the wall. And what happens here? He contends that a fan reaches up and touches it. But Richie Garcia says no. It's a home run. Here comes Davey Johnson. Out to argue as Jeter comes across to tie the game. Well, in postseason, you have an umpire down each line. And he was there. And Garcia was right there. The pitcher, Benitez, comes all the way out from the mound to argue. But I don't know how he can tell from the mound. <laughs> I don't either. And I'll, t- I'll tell you one thing. That's great hustle. Great hustle by Richie Garcia. Right. The contention by Tarasco is that the ball is descending and the fan touches it. He's right. He's right. What's going on, Josh? How are you? You don't hear me good? Yes. Yeah. Good. Perfect. You got a uh, road trip ahead of you tomorrow. I do. Going to see some uh, former Mizzou Tigers. Who are you seeing? Uh, Brett Peel and Austin Tribby. Okay. They were at, They were on the baseball team with me when I was there. Okay. You graduated or you left same year as uh, Fairbanks was same same yeah. year, right? Yeah. Same age, yeah. Yeah, Tribby and Peel are both coaches at Southern Illinois. That's where I'm going down. Uh, uh, so you see your E? Uh, Carbondale. Carbondale, okay. Not much of a city there, but. Uh, yeah, it's kind of going. a little interesting, but. You ever uh, have you ever heard of anything they do down in Carbondale? Uh, they do like the polar polar bear, I think it is. Uh-uh. You gotta if those guys are living in Carbondale, you gotta ask them about polar bear. Uh, apparently, just everybody comes out of the the farm fields out there and just comes into town one day by the campus, and they just it's just a block party on every street for a whole weekend. Kind of cool. Yeah, we were at Mizzou, and there was uh, one of the guys was from down there uh, that I knew, and he was like, "Yeah, we're going back for Polar Bear," and it was like the weekend of it was like not homecoming, but the weekend before. I'm like, "What are you doing? Like driving all the way to Southern Illinois right before homecoming week?" And um, oh, it's crazy down there, though. That does sound pretty cool. I'll have to ask him about that. Yeah, it's nuts, but yeah, kind of happy. You got a uh, another tiger on. We had uh, we had Plas- Michael pa- Plasmeyer on. Okay. an episode we had nate landry who's kind of uh he's a few years after you i think he came and i think he was 2018 maybe he was just a red Sox pick yeah, this past year name. yeah gotcha. he was at a small uh he was at a small community college in missouri before he transferred to mizzou so okay um yeah and then i'm i'm working on montez dioka i'm working on a bunch oh, of other yeah, guys Bryce. yeah that's a trying. That's a story. That's a story you need to hear. That is Bryce. Yeah, Bryce's story on how he got to the big leagues and like the stuff that he had to go through to get there is unbelievable. I'm not gonna tell okay, it because I'll let him tell it, but it's an unbelievable story. Okay. Plasmeyer told me that I need to get him and Trey on at the same time because apparently oh, they're like gosh, at the same time. Yeah. Uh <laughs> We'll see what we can do, right? That might be – it would be great, but I don't know if uh, you know what you're getting yourself into if they're on there at the same time. It's all good, man. It's all good. 
Trey's a good one too. Trey's a good a good guy to talk to. Yeah, no, he was. I I saw. I was telling uh, Michael. I was like, I, I saw him like in Columbia. Like I lived at Brookside downtown, and I used to okay. see him a lot. And you knew when you saw him at places. Like you knew. Oh yeah, guy was awesome. But you heard him before you saw him, and then you saw him. exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. But all right, well, uh, Chris, Jamie, I think well. <laughs> We're going to – we can record outside of this uh, for next week. So, all right, I'm down with it. Okay. Yeah, so, Josh, we just uh, – thank you for coming on, but we just wanted to kind of just chat a little bit. Uh, I know you made your MLB debut last year. Um, after a long journey through the minors, uh, what was that process like? Like, what was, uh, you know, just waiting that long for the call? It, it was long. Um, it felt – like a long time, especially the last few years. I'd say once I got to double A, I spent 2018 was my first year in double A. And then and from then on, like 2019, I was back in double A, up in triple A, kind of back and forth. Same thing in 21. Then we obviously had COVID in 2020 and no one got to play. Um, but yeah, those like three, four years, once I got to where I was like, all right, like there's a shot. And I was playing well and kind of just bouncing back and forth because the guys we had in the big leagues would come down and I'd go back to double A. They'd go back up. I'd go back to triple A. Um, that part felt long because I think it was frustrating knowing that I could play, at least at the time, like I could play in triple A and I was a good player in triple A. And I kept going back and forth just because of the, not politics, but the way it works from the triple A team to the big league team. You're literally just like, the next man up kind of thing. And it just goes back and forth over and over again. And being that close, it felt like it was 10 years probably. And it was three and a half, but it was all worth it for the manager to tell me I was going to the big leagues. Yeah. I was going to say what I'm sure that day was pretty crazy for you. Um, it was. We you were kind of like walk us we through were, it. Okay. We were playing the Rochester Red Wings. I don't know if anybody's been to Rochester, but, um, not necessarily a place I thought I'd be uh, remembering <laughs> anytime soon, but it was actually cool. It was Labor Day weekend. Um, my mom was in the stands. She came to watch because she's a assistant principal. So she had that Monday off. So she got a long weekend to come watch and like mid game. It was like the fourth inning. I had a home run my first at bat and Miggy had been dealing with some bicep stuff. So he was like going to the doctor. They were trying to figure out, um, kind of how long it was going to take him to be back. No one knew anything. We were just hanging out. You never know with Miggy. He could be back the next day or it could be two months. Um, but I hit a home run my first at bat in the first inning. Unluckily, we come up in the third inning and we hit like eight guys and I ended, ended the inning with a double play. So in the inning on a ground ball, double play. Obviously, I don't come back to the dugout and – so I play the half inning at first base, come back in, and my manager's like, hey, come here. And he was, like, talking to me into the hallway about, like, how they pitched me. Little did I know I was going to the big leagues. And he was just trying to make it, like, through the sequence of pitches that lasted bad. And I was like, what do you mean? I was just trying to hit another home run. And he's like, yeah, but you can't do that tomorrow in the big leagues. And it took me, like, a split second to think about it. And I was like, hold on a second. What? 
And then, and like, I looked to the left where the dugout was, and like, all of my teammates were running down the stairwell to come say congrats to me. Oh man, it yeah. was really cool. I mean, that that moment in itself was worth all the years and journey through the minor leagues and the bus rides to and from who knows where. Yeah, I uh, at least like Rochester, it's uh, kind of a. Uh... It's like a mountain town, right? Kind of up there in northern New York. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Where um, we are, where we were, there's not much around. Stadium's actually pretty nice, but the rest of the town, like there's not much to eat around the hotel, which is kind of how I decide on towns that I like and not li- and dislike in minor league baseball. Was, there's a Chipotle whose club affiliate was that? That was the Nationals AAA team. Actually, right. one of my high school teammates – was on the Rochester team at the time. He was okay. a pitcher on the Rochester team. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I, um, I know Chris wants to ask you something a little bit, but what, what is it like? So, what drew you to? I, I'm gonna take you. I'm like all over the place right now, but no I'm gonna take you back a little bit uh, to college. What made you decide Mizzou, being from Georgia, when you had Athens right around the corner? Well, funny story about Athens is, well, not Athens, but the university is I couldn't care less if they win or lose another sporting event in the rest of the world. Um, Am I a little bitter? Obviously. Um, So Mizzou is actually my only Division I offer. I was going to Darton Junior College until I think it was like April of my senior year when I committed to Mizzou. So I was a really late commit. Um, I committed in like April and showed up in July. So I had like a month and a half, two months of being committed to Mizzou before I was on campus. But like our, in high school, I hit second my senior year. Our leadoff hitter and our three hole hitter went to Georgia. And so I'm like sitting here, junior college, Georgia hadn't said a word to me, anything. And my two best friends who hit in front of me and hit after me are going to Georgia. So I, uh, I'm not a big dogs fan to say the least. Yeah. I was, uh, when, when we were talking with Plasmire, I was kind of joking with him. I was like, you know, Mizzou is actually, it's a pitching school now because every single guy that makes the league lately has been a pitcher. It's been kind of bizarre. Um, but then you broke through like right at the end there. And I'm like, all right, well now we got Joss Lester that made his debut. So now we're starting to get some, starting to get some uh position players here but i did think it was crazy because um obviously with you what was what was draft day like for you with um so i know you obviously i forgot what so they did it different i know the draft's way different now than it used yeah, to we be. had we had 40 rounds still yeah when i got drafted um they still did like the three days so the first round obviously was on mlb network or whatever first night then they went two to ten and then 11 to 40 they just rattle them off the third day and so but I'll start in high school so I was drafted in high school by the Indians in the 30th round and so I had the draft up because the two guys my high school teammates that were going to Georgia supposed to get drafted so I've got the draft up like on my computer just playing and all of a sudden like I fell asleep middle of the afternoon took a nap whatever 
all of a sudden my phone's ringing on the computer and it's like, obviously it rings louder on the computer, it woke me up. And it was the Indians scout calling me, telling me that I'd been drafted by them. And I was like, my mom was sitting there and I was like, mom, did you know I got drafted? And I, no, no one knew. Cause I mean, we were just sitting there. We weren't even expecting my name to be called. We were expecting my friends' names to be called. Um, and honestly, like I wasn't much of a draft prospect at that time. I was a late bloomer. I was 17 when I graduated, like all this stuff. I was not the same person I was three years later when I got drafted, but it was just funny because nobody was listening for my name. We were listening for my friends' names. And then all of a sudden the phone rang and we were in shock for a second. Fast forward three years later, I was coaching at a kid's camp at Mizzou when I got drafted. Okay. So not so pretty anticlimactic on the draft process there. Yeah. No, the first time it seems like it was a little more a little more dramatic, but yeah, no, yeah. that's Which they didn't I wasn't gonna sign and they knew that because they weren't gonna offer me enough money to sign. So they pretty much called and were like, Hey, like we got our eyes on you. Have fun in college. Like maybe we'll call your name three years down the road. Kind of a draft and follow, I guess, is what they would call it at this point. How how hard was a of a decision was it for um, leaving Mizzou early? Um, it was so I kind of had it in my head. Like I had a number I wanted to get. I, I signed for a hundred thousand and the rest of school being paid for whenever I finish. Um, and that's what I wanted. And I said if I got that. I was gone. I told the coaches too. I was like, Hey, if somebody calls me with this money and they'll pay me for my school at the end, like I'm gone. And they did, they called and they were like, Hey, will you take a hundred thousand in school? And I was like, yep. Which they called my dad. So my dad is a pirate scout. I don't know if any of you know that. And he has been for 30 plus years. Um, so he's obviously got some friends in the industry. Um, and one of the tigers guys that drafted me, they just called him. They were like, hey, will Josh sign for this? And he was like, yeah, that's exactly what he wants. And so they didn't even call me until like 12 hours after I got drafted. They called me that night. They're like, oh, yeah, we talked to your dad. But we wanted to call you. <laughs> your dad already agreed to terms, but, you know, we just thought <laughs> he'd let you know. Your dad signed for you, so here you go. Yeah. No, that's – I had no idea your dad was a scout uh, – Jamie down there, he's uh he's our pirates uh go to. So oh yeah. That one, that, one, that one I did know. I actually didn't know that fact. So I've I've, I've, I've followed the pirates a lot in my yeah. in my day. I do. It's it's been a painful experience, but I've <laughs> talked I've talked to a lot of their minor leaguers and a lot of a lot of good guys in that in that system. I tell you what though, that I went to the wild card game, I think it was twenty thirteen, maybe. I was at Mizzou, so it was either 13, 14, or 15 um, against the Cubs. I didn't go to the Johnny Cueto one. I went to the one before that, and we were sitting in the right field, like above the big Roberto Clemente wall, and Schwarber hits the ball that just goes screaming over our heads, and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. That was when Garrett Cole was still with the Pirates, and Cole was – it was a big matchup because it was Cole versus the the Cubs. It was a good game. I think they ended up losing like 3-2 to or 2-1 to or something, but – that place, like I tell, I'm a Steelers fan, so I'm I'm Pittsburgh through and through a little bit, especially for a guy from Georgia. But like those Pittsburgh fans are unbelievable. When the Pirates are good, like that night was 
unreal. I mean, not a seat in there was open. It was loud the whole time. I mean, I just hope I hope personally they get back to being really good because it's a cool city when the sports are good. Yeah, I was gonna ask, what was that atmosphere like? Because I remember watching like the rest of the Martin home run during that playoff run and just seeing PNC go wild. I can't imagine what that felt like when he hit that home run. That stadium had to be shaking. Yeah. Because that was what the same pitch when they were chanting Cueto, right? Like he dropped the ball and then they started chanting his name and yeah, Wilson exactly. Martin hit the, hit a home. I think the first pitch that bat was a ball and then he dropped it. And then, yeah, next pitch he crushed into into the right field bleachers. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine the way that stadium felt at that point. Yeah. Hopefully, they get back to it soon. I think they will. Yeah, they just won't pay anybody. I know. That's the problem. Yeah, I won't get into that part though. <laughs> hey, I want to circle back really quick because you were mentioning uh, you judge cities based off their food and kind of. Got my the wheels turn up here. What's the um? I guess you say it was like, what's your favorite city that you've gone to with really good food, and what would be your least favorite? Ooh, I think my favorite that I've been to at least recently, minor league city was Columbus, Ohio. We played the Clippers. They have a place we stay right downtown. They've got the Blue Jackets stadium right there. They've got the baseball stadium on the other side, but they've got like I think it's High Street. And it's just all like restaurants, bars, breakfast places, and they've got a North Market. So you walk in this North Market, it's got barbecue, it's got breakfast, it's got hot chicken, it's got literally anything you can think of, it has in there. And the barbecue place that's in there, and I'm a Georgia boy, so I know my barbecue a little bit. And I get it at least two times every time I come to Columbus. I love the barbecue there. What's your go-to barbecue dish? Are you like a ribs pulled pulled pork pulled pork guy? What's your go-to? I'm a brisket guy. I'm a big brisket guy. Maybe some burn ends, depending on the place. So I'm very picky about the burn ends. So I gotta I gotta know that they're good to order them. So I assume that you went to both. Which one would you pick, St. Louis or Kansas City barbecue? Oh. I got to say Kansas City because if I don't say Kansas City and certain people hear this, then I'll be in big trouble. Yeah. I, St. Louis is not to be slept on, though, for barbecue. There's right? no question. Uh, I think I, so I think I spent more time outside of the baseball field in Kansas City. Um, I okay. just had more friends that were there and we went there. Um, Gates Barbecue in Kansas City obviously is unbelievable. Q39 is one of my favorite places to go in Kansas City. Um, I'm a big hole-in-the-wall guy. Hole-in-the-wall barbecue, especially. Yeah, like same. Home, we I, used to have a place. Arthur Bryant's had like a line out the, at the door, so it's like okay. not worth it. No, not worth it staying in it. But there's a reason people are standing in it. That's what, that's what I've come to find out. Is there's, it's true. There's a long line. There's usually a reason there's a long line. When I, I was down in Georgia, probably like – maybe like five or six years ago and uh, it was with work and we went to a hole in the wall place. It was in um, Loganville. Okay. Georgia. I'm not sure like if that's anywhere near you or at, but uh, called Foggy an hour barbecue. that's the home of Clint Frazier. Okay. Wow. Frazier went to Loganville high school. <clears throat> okay. That's a good place for some hole in the walls, that town. 
Yeah. So I, admittedly, I, I don't have a lot of barbecue up this way here. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously in the Northeast, it's not really a major thing up here. Um, it was my first time like truly having like legit barbecue, um, all these like different sauces and these random squeeze bottles you put all over. Uh, it was good stuff. Mm. It was really, really good stuff. There's, never, there's never a label either. There's no, no labels no. on what the barbecue no, no, sauce they, is. You just yeah. got to test it and try it. Well, they were telling us that it's like based off the color was like a different thing or whatever. And like, if you want to know truly what it was, they would tell you, but it literally, you just squeeze it on there and found out. Yeah. So that's the wider why the spicier. That's how you do it. I agree with the, with the Kansas City take though, because I went, Chris and Andrew know I went to school at to KU. Uh, oh, gosh. I, I had more barbecue during those couple of years than I've ever had in my life. And like being, Going back to Boston, nothing is nothing compares. No, I, I was so my girlfriend spent a year working for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats up in Manchester, and so I was up there um, last off season of, of quite a bit. And yeah, I don't really go get barbecue in the north. It's the same yeah. as like I won't go anywhere and get sweet tea unless it's like Tennessee and down because it's just not the same. Unless it's McDonald's. McDonald's keeps it pretty good, but that's about it. I'm disappointed. I didn't end up get, having a sweet tea. That was like, everybody kept talking about it, kept talking about it. I was also in like a weird like health kick. Like there were certain things I just wouldn't eat. I wouldn't <laughs> drink. I was structured like you wouldn't believe. Um, but everybody like, they just ranted and raved about, oh, Chris, you got to sweat, try the sweet tea. You got to try it. I'm like, nah, nah, nah. Um, I'm, just, I'm disappointed to do that because now that you say that, kind of rings it back. Well, you just throw a ton of sugar and some water and some tea bags in there and you'll find it. <laughs> That's true. Josh, I was also wondering, what are you looking forward to the most about, you know, joining the Orioles system, especially with how last year at the end of the year they showed that they're, you know, almost done to being done with that rebuild with all the young pieces coming up? That's definitely, like, a reason that I, I was intrigued when they called was, like, one, I got a couple friends that are on the team. Um, I know John Means a little bit. He's a Kansas City boy. Um, and then Spencer Watkins played. He pitched a lot last year for them. He played with the Tigers in the minor leagues for a while. But they're just an exciting team. I mean, they're young guys, full of energy. And they got winning last year. And now it's like the culture is starting to become that, like, we expect a little more, but we're not afraid to expect a little more. And and I'm looking forward to it. And I think it's going to be really fun. Yeah. Was, this your, was this your first time, like, with – handling free agency like um i guess after obviously making your debut was it i, I mean have you hit it before have you hit free agency before this past last year last year i was a free agent last year for about six days okay um, and then i just re-signed with the tigers the the lockout kind of made things interesting last year because pre-lockout we didn't know what kind of contracts we're going to be able to be offered what was going to be able to be talked about because if you were on the 40 man you couldn't talk to anybody from the teams during the lockout which I wasn't on the 40 man so I could have but we didn't know what would that would entail so we kind of tried to get going and the Tigers came and they were like hey like we want you back offered me a good contract and I was like screw it we're not going to wait until February and rush at the end and not know where we're going until the last second. So we just, we got in on that and it ended up working out and got to make my major league debut. Yeah. I was going to say like, how was, uh, 
How was being a free agent, though, this past year? Obviously, uh, you know, the Orioles were your final destination, but was there was there multiple teams you were looking at? Like, or, or how many did you talk to type thing? Um, there was a few. There was a handful. I think it was maybe the Braves, the Royals, the Orioles. The Orioles were the most interested from the start. Um, I think they might have been the first ones to call, but they were also the ones that, that wanted to – get into it a little more quicker than the rest of the teams. One thing I liked about the Orioles is they call and they want me to kind of be a utility guy. They want me to play first, third, right field, left field, kind of be a utility power hitting left-handed hitter, um, which is what I've come accustomed to the last couple of years with the Tigers was having some of that versatility, whereas some of the other teams were like, hey, he can come play first in AAA and almost like back up the big league first baseman. So if something happened, yeah, maybe, but – um, hopefully being a utility guy, this will help me maybe crack the opening day roster as a power hitting left-handed hitter with some versatility to be able to play four or five different positions. Hey, so to kind of continue on with the free agency, because one thing that I, you know, we notice, um, you know, especially with, cause obviously we do, you know, Red Sox fans do a lot of Red Sox coverage stuff along those lines. Um, Red Sox fans are very impatient. And they um, they they struggle to want to like look at things like globally. They just assume that if a team offers you some sort of money, it's money, and that's what it should be. I guess besides like playing time, what as a free agent, gone through it a few times, and you know, obviously talking to your peers, guys you played with, what are some like the the real like factors that goes into trying to figure out a team, and then also. How quick truly is it? You know what I mean? Like, is it something that you can get wrapped up? It's like six days or when we see things that kind of drag on, is that more of the norm? So I think part of that is based on the person. Um, I think a lot of minor league free agents, it can happen really fast um, because a lot of guys like me, like they have what they're looking for from a contract standpoint. And if they get it, we're in like my, my agent actually called me. So I, I signed during the winter meetings. So my agent was flying out to San Diego, obviously three hour time difference from Cleveland. So he calls me at like one o'clock in the morning, the first night of it. So it's only 10 o'clock there. I don't even think he realized it was one o'clock in the morning. And he's like, Hey, like we had already talked to the Orioles a couple of times, a couple of the other teams. And he was like, Hey, like we're going to see these guys, if we get to this, this, and this, like, are you in? And I'm like, yeah, sign the dotted line if it hits this. And he called me the next day and was like, hey, we got this. Don't tell anybody until you sign it. And it was, I mean, it was lunch the next day. So, I mean, that was 12 hours. Granted, we had talked about it for a week or so, but not not really anything more than, hey, we're interested in what he's got to offer. Let's talk about it another time. But I do think some of these big league ones do drag out. Because, for example, Correa, they have to. I didn't have to pass a physical for my contract. Obviously, when they're giving you hundreds of millions of dollars, they want to make sure you're healthy. So some of that can drag out, especially in pitchers, if something looks a little off, because everybody's doctor is going to see something um, different. So some of that stuff with the big leagues, it definitely takes longer than than we think. But it can be, I mean, it can sometimes be just like the drop of the hat and somebody calls and they're like, hey, we got this. We want them to be the big league, whatever. And they're like, all right, sign it, deal. 
I do know that Boston Red Sox fans are very impatient, though. Oh, it's... oh yeah. <laughs> if you go if you go on Twitter and look up any Red Sox transaction, you'll find some funny comments there. Oh yeah. Good thing yeah. for uh, Devers staying there for a while, though. That's a big get. I think this place would have burned down if he was gone. So I uh, truly believe it would have happened. Fenway would have been no longer. Um, it almost burned down when they traded Mookie. Well, I think Xander was the the next straw. I think that was, yeah. and I guess if Devers was in the same offseason, it probably would have burned down. I will say, though, I mean, like, Bogarts is a really good player, and I'm not saying he's not because he's elite. But 13 years? Yeah. yeah. Was it 13 or 11? 11 and 280, which is just 11. That's just so long. I don't mind the money per year like that because obviously he's an unbelievable player locking down shortstop 160 times a year. But 11 years is just – and it's not just him. That's Trey Turner. It's all these – Guys getting these monster contracts, and all of it seems to be back ended, which brings me to like I've experienced with Miguel Cabrera. Like he's getting thirty-two million dollars this year at the end of his like ten-year uh, contract work, and he plays first base. Like, and he's just gotten to the point where he's been around for so long that his body doesn't do things that it used to, especially defensively, and for a shortstop to get $280 million, you got to be pretty good defensively. Yeah, sure. Josh, I was also wondering, you know, as you begin your new journey with Baltimore, what's some of the lessons and just things that you've learned during your years in Detroit that um, stay with you the most? Well, that's a good question. I think it's mostly just like the Orioles are in a good spot with like a lot of prospects, right? And so like when I was coming up with the Tigers, I had a lot of, times where I guess I could say like I got passed up by people not necessarily that it was passed up but some people got opportunities that maybe I thought I should have gotten um but taking that over there not getting frustrated if something like that happens just kind of trying to be obviously I'm going to try to be as good as I can make the big league team spend as much time in the big leagues as I can help them win but not being frustrated if they do take the young guy or give the young guy at bats or something like that. Um, because I, it did used to get to me, like, especially early in double a when, when I was playing well and some guys would go to triple a and I wouldn't. Um, and mentally it can get you in a spot where obviously you're not going to play very well. Cause all you're thinking about is I didn't get this. I didn't get that. Um, but just going into it and, and trying to be as positive as possible all the time. And I mean, I'm a pretty positive person, but it it even gets to you a little bit when you think you should be promoted or and somebody else does or and vice versa honestly and like because locker rooms are locker rooms you're going to hear about people's opinions one way or the other but just taking it over there and trying to be as positive as possible and be as good as possible and hopefully help win some big league games hopefully with the young guys hopefully they get caught up with me to say good a good nucleus there they do. And I've gotten lucky enough to play against a lot of them. Um, when I was in Erie, we played Bowie quite a bit, their double A team. When uh, Adley was there, a couple of the other guys that are coming up, Stowers was there and, and playing against all those guys. And they've got a really good group of guys, person wise and player wise, to, to put together. And hopefully, 
I can be a part of that group and we can make some runs in the big leagues and make some playoff runs maybe. Yeah. Beat up on the Red Sox. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was wondering, you know, when you first got called up, who's the very first person, you know, in your family that you, that you called? What was kind of their first reaction? So I called my mom first because she was in the stands. And so I called my mom and I was like, mom. And she was like, she was like, what are you calling me for? And I was in the locker room and I was like, hey, can you like meet me out in front? And she's like, yeah, why? And I was like, and I couldn't hold it in any longer. And I was like, well, I'm going to the big leagues. And so she like stormed out of the stadium. She was crying. And from then I just added my my dad who was with my sister. So I, we got lucky there. And then my girlfriend, and we had like a full on three-way uh, FaceTime call. Cool. My my girlfriend was actually, so she she hosted some games at Fisher Cats. So she was like the head of marketing, but she also hosted the games on field. And I wow. called and she had like the headset on, and like they were about to go out and she was about to have to go for an in-between innings thing. And and she's like, oh my God, oh my God. I, and she couldn't even talk. And she was like, handed the headset to somebody else to make them go do it. And it was awesome. No one really knew what to do. It was just kind of like everyone's reaction. No one said anything for a little while. Yeah. That worked out well with your mom being in the stands. Yeah, it worked out awesome. We actually got we got on the same flight the next day, met everybody in Detroit. First time I'd ever flown first class to the big leagues. I'll take it. So did you get to – you said – I know you said earlier Miggy was kind of dealing with some injuries and stuff. Was he in the clubhouse when you got there? Yeah, he was. He was so – luckily, which he ended up going to L.A. with us, which was my first road trip, but – yeah, he was in there. Um, we actually played the Royals that day, and Amir Garrett and Javi Baez almost faced each other, and they've got some long-standing beef, it seems like. And this time, nothing really came of it. But Miggy, who's on the IL, and when so they took Amir Garrett out as Javi's on on deck, and down comes down the stairs comes Miggy just to make sure nothing happens. And he walked out in the dugout just for that like five minute period. And I was like, this is awesome. Like I, I wasn't playing. So I got a chance to like soak it all in. And I was like, this dude is probably one of the best hitters of all time. And he just walked down here just to make sure their pitcher didn't come try to fight their his hitter. Yeah. I was watching some Cardinals games this year and I was just thinking like, I wonder what it's like for some of these young guys on that Cardinals team watching Albert Pujols, literally one of the best hitters of all time. And then you got a front row seat to, like you said, one of the best hitters of all time. I would have just been starstruck probably the whole time. So it definitely helped that I was in spring training with him. Um, and Miggy's awesome. One of my one of my favorite guys. Like ever since I was like my first spring training, I would come like help him back up some spring training games and stuff. And like always said, what's up? Spoken Spanish half the time. So I don't know what he was saying to me, but <laughs> At least he like acknowledged that we were we were there to hang out and, and help him out and like he was always nice, always awesome. And and so it was nice like kind of knowing who he was before I got to the big leagues. And not I was starstruck, but at least I was like starstruck prior to that. Yeah. But Mike Trout and Shohei Otani sitting in the other uh dugout was fun to watch too. That is true. I that was uh actually- the three games we were in LA 
was the start of Trout's eight-game home run streak. Oh, wow. he did do that. Yeah, and Shohei <laughs> hit like three in three games too, so it was Gosh. pretty fun to watch. Dang, I mean, that's – yeah, I, I, I'm so excited about the new schedule this next year, about how everybody's playing everybody because, yeah. you know, if you're out here on the East Coast, you barely get to see – Mike Trout, Shohei. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I know that the Sox always go out there for like a series every year, but the games start at like 1 a.m. It seems like yeah, out literally. here. Um, but hopefully a lot of my with friends this... were like that because I, I made my actual debut in L.A. And the first at bat I ever had was a pinch hit in like the ninth inning of a game. And it had to be 1.30 in the morning on the East Coast. And everybody's <laughs> like, all I had was like, your name on the MLB alerts. And so like my phone would go off if you came up to bat and they were like, it's like one 30 in the morning. I'm rolling over and I'm sitting there on my phone, half asleep watching you hit. Yeah. It's tough, but I'm, I'm excited about that. That's uh, it's going to be, we've asked like a few guys that's been on be like, you know, you get to see new places, you get to go more places. So uh, it's yeah, exciting. Absolutely. Chris kind of dug something up on you. I don't know if you want to ask him about it. College World, uh, the Little League World Series. Oh, I was gonna guess that. <laughs> I had no idea, and he like, he, I don't know, he found it somehow. But you, you literally it. like, it's like a Todd Frazier story right here. I, I just need it. to win the actual World Series. Well, that'd be, that'd be pretty. Big. You could put the because I found it because I found your picture because I was okay. looking for a picture because we're gonna obviously do a couple of graphics and stuff with the whatever, and then I was like, clicked on it. And then it was this website that broke down like almost a ton of players who played in the Little League World Series, went to the bigs, and I was like, oh, no kidding. This and then from there I started to read on it. What was that? Um, just kind of like take us back a little bit. Like, what was that like for you? Just not only just to participate, but then you're, you know, Little League World Series champion. I think, and honestly, I don't think we kind of realized what was going on while it was happening. Obviously, we were 12 years old. Like I watched. I watched it growing up. I still watch it every year. Um, didn't really realize that we were that good, I guess would be how to say it. Um, and it was awesome. And now looking back on it, like, I'm like, that was really cool. That was a really cool experience. Like Williamsport does everything right. I mean, the dorms are cool. Like you got bunk beds with all your friends. You got like a rec room with video games, cafeteria, ping pong, like anything you want, you name it, it's there. And obviously like you're there to play baseball, but they make it like you're in like summer camp with baseball. And it was just such an awesome experience. Obviously winning it helps tremendously, but it was sick. It was one of the most fun weeks of baseball that I've ever had. Well, like now too, like uh, major league baseball there, yeah, the, the you know their little league game that's out there too now between teams. The Sox did it last year. You get to see like the players that, against you know, the Orioles last year. Against the Orioles, yes. Um, you know, you get to see the players. They get to do like there was Verdugo going down the hill. You know what I mean? Cora doing oh, yeah. this thing. It's just really cool that now like Major League Baseball is really like tapped into that, and it allows these you know, kids to interact with players and really kind of enhances that entire experience. Did you get a chance to when you were down that when you were playing? Did was there any like big leaguers or anything like that? Or um no, there wasn't they didn't do anything like that. And obviously it's baseball season, middle yeah. of baseball season, so not many guys had a chance unless they were 
retired. Um, but it's cool. Like when we won it, we got to go, we got to go to the Braves game locker room, like pregame stuff on the field for BP got to go through the locker room and talk to all the guys. And like, I, I still have a bat from Brian McCann that I got signed in my uh, parents' house. And, and so like, we got to do a lot of cool stuff, especially with the Braves and go through there and meet all those guys and hang out with them. And, but nothing at Williamsport just because it's the middle of baseball season still. Did you have any uh, teammates on that team that ended up making it to the pros like you? Um, no, I was the only one. We had a we had a few guys that made it um, Division One. We had like three or four that ended up going to play Division One baseball, but I was the only one that made it to professional baseball. Yeah, it's it, I always see it's like the the Todd Frazier thing, like because everybody you know that's the most like overplayed thing is like, hey, he won the World Series and he won the actual World Series type thing. But you don't realize how hard it is, though. So. Oh, I, I believe it. I just. Uh, it's like one of those like Julian Edelman played quarterback in college things. It's like, all right, like, or Matt Stafford and Kershaw were teammates. Uh, yeah. um, but, you know, it's, it's kind of cool. And, and, you know, whenever the little league, I, I watch it and when it's on, they always are like, Oh yeah. Like this team that made it from Texas had like, you know, this big leaguer on it like years ago. And it's like, Oh, that's kind of cool. Like I wonder which kid from this team's going to end up being. So it is kind of cool watching faced, it. Um, can't, I don't remember who he's with now. Jace Fry, I think he might be with the White Sox in the yep. big leagues, left-handed pitcher. He was there on the Oregon team. We played in the uh, USA championship part of it. He's former so Oriole. Yeah, he was, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so we played him, and uh, he was from Oregon, I think, and that was the West Coast team uh, that year, and we played him in the USA championship. Okay. He's got well, more big league time than me, so he's got that win, but at least I got the little league over. <laughs> well, listen, we uh I don't you guys have any more? I got I got one more. Chris has asked this before, so I'm kind of stealing it, but I like to see what players say. If you weren't, you know, a baseball player, what do you think you'd be doing for a living? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've only like I would I want to say coaching baseball. Like I've my dad's been a scout, so I've literally been baseball since I was like five years old. Um, honestly, if I was as good at basketball as I am baseball, I probably would have tried to play basketball. I love basketball. I play anytime I get a chance to. I uh, played in high school a little bit. But more than likely, probably just some sort of baseball coach of something. I don't know. That's I don't great. know anything really other than sports in my life. <laughs> Uh, I wasn't a school person, so <laughs> probably something in some sort of base, baseball or basketball coach or something I would have tried to get into. Who's your who's That's your go to who's your go-to basketball team? In the NBA, it's the Hawks. I used to be a huge Duke fan in college basketball just because JJ Redick when I was growing up. I loved JJ Redick. Um, but obviously obviously now it's Mizzou. Um especially Hopefully they're figuring out what happened last night and they can win Saturday. But um, yeah, I just ever since I went to Mizzou, it's it's Mizzou in all the sports. Yeah, Mizzou's a basketball school now. Uh, Kwanzaa We're was trying coaching to make it a last baseball night. School. Yeah, true. Um, Kwanzaa was coaching last night. I found that out, so that's why we. That's what happened. Didn't look good. Yeah, but yeah, I hope it turns into a baseball school as well. I used to love going to those games. So. 
And um, I wish they had. And the worst thing they told us was that they had thoughts of putting the baseball field where uh, Stan Kowski is. Yep. And that would have been unbelievable with frat row right there. And like, everyone being able to come that would have been beers thrown on the field every time you guys hit a home run but it's just it's so hard to get to if like even my junior year we were good and like we had good crowds like people came but there's nowhere to park there it's on the top of the hill where even if you find somewhere to park you got a mountain to climb up pretty much and it's like tucked back in across from the football and basketball and i can't blame people for not wanting to really go crazy out of their way to go every time yeah but, it's tough always had to walk i mean it's yeah. kind of like on game day when you're walking over the football field but it's not as bad because you got a couple in you so um, yeah and you're going probably for a longer period of time for the football game with tailgating yeah. and stuff you're not really going to go tailgate a saturday afternoon baseball game yeah true i mean some will i've some will we definitely I know some, some guys uh, we definitely had some people out there and right field and the uh, metal bleachers that had definitely been tailgating a little bit. Yeah. I know a few, so it's all good, but Josh, thank you. You, you spent like 45 minutes with us. So we oh, definitely, uh, I appreciate, appreciate y'all it. having me on. We're going to be, we'll be rooting for you this year. Definitely uh, making the roster ex- except for those, what, 13, 14 games. I, f- I forgot how many division games we play now with the division change, but um, we'll be rooting for you all, but those games against uh, the Sox and, Hey, if you're ever here in Fenway and you're facing off against Halk, I'm going to be edging my seat watching that. So, If I'm facing off against Tanner, I can't let him get me out. I was going to say, like you, he was a freshman when you were a junior, but guy was – I went to the high school right next to him, so I I was familiar with him from – because he went to Collinsville right on the Illinois yep. side of St. Louis, and I uh, watched him in high school, and just watching him grow was like insane. I remember being like facing him in the fall and cause I didn't really like, I didn't pay attention to like who we were getting from a, from a, like a prospect standpoint, like in, in college you go through the season and you go straight to summer ball. So it's not like you have much time to, to care about who's coming in, especially I'm from Georgia. I don't know any of these guys that are, yeah. that are coming in until they get there. And I remember facing him. I'm like, that's kind of good. I'm like talking to the hitting coach and I'm like, is he supposed to be good? And he's like, yeah, he's supposed to be really good. And then he goes out as a freshman and was probably our best pitcher on a staff that had two other big leaguers in Reggie McLean and uh, Pete Fairbanks, which Pete didn't throw a hundred back then. I'm still trying to figure out how, how that Tommy John surgery got him to a hundred, but I get to face him too. If I'm in the big leagues, oh, in it's the true. American league East, it's true. You got to put a good word in for me. Uh, I, I'm trying to get a hold of Pete, so okay, good, I will put a good word. He's in. not an easy. He's not an easy person to get a hold of. I will say that. Yeah, even I, as a person that went to college with him for three years, it's not an easy uh, task. He has no Twitter, so that's no. not even an option. He's got like barely any social media, so I'm gonna need no, a, uh, a need a lifeline if here. He posts a if he posts a picture on Instagram, it's like a solar eclipse. It only happens like <laughs> once a year. Well, he's a damn good pitcher, so I guess he's got that going for him. He is good. I'll never admit it to his face, but he is really good. All right. Well, Josh, we don't want to take up any more of your time, man. I know you got to drive tomorrow. You got to spend some time with fam and girlfriend tonight. So definitely, uh, definitely appreciate Disney it. Disney on ice it. tonight. We're going to Disney on ice. Cool. <laughs> 
All right, that's good. Um, all right, well, make sure you put a review on Twitter on Disney on Ice tonight. We'll uh, we'll cool. make sure we we give it an old retweet. But um, yeah, definitely appreciate it. We hope to talk to you again some point this year. Sounds good. I appreciate y'all having me on. Thank you. Awesome. Absolutely. All right.